0: Oh, good morning, everybody. Conversation with Alaskan Gardeners on the air. Margaret Tharp and David Lindrum, 100%. We're here together. And this is uh, a conversation, is a call-in show. Can you hear me? Am I on the air or not? Yes. Okay. Can you hear me? I'm real low. Okay. So uh, it's a call-in show. If you want to ask us questions or give suggestions or comment on something, Or invite people to come see something in your yard or in somebody else's yard you think is really spectacular. And there is a lot of real spectacular stuff right now. And you know what I I really see? I can't hear. You can't hear me? I can't can't hear. Okay. So uh, those hydrangeas in particular are just looking stunning right now. They
1: are just kicking it, man. They're just amazing.
0: Um, And we went this morning to look at the ones you planted at the hatchery last year. Yeah. Golly, they look great. Yeah, That's the quick-fire hydrangea, and it's just the flowers opened in the last two weeks, and they are just beautiful.
1: And taking all the rain, not turning brown.
0: Not turning brown. Hydrangea is a great thing for Southeast Alaska.
1: And the different varieties really do perform differently.
0: Real differently. Um, Some of them have great huge flowers. Some of them have tiny lacy flowers. This last week, we did some pruning work. We rented an extended reach pole pruner tool. just is like magic, it's like being able to reach up there 15 feet in the air and adjust things. It's, it's such a pleasure to be able to have that.
1: You, you cut some pretty good branches off those trees that were up in the eaves. Up
0: in the eaves and brushing against the house and even intertwined with the wires.
1: Uh-huh. Yep. You did a really great job. And then that big Norway maple... Uh, Also, that had damaged branches. It had a lot of
0: storm damage in it, so we were able to uh, cut the storm damage out and make the cuts smooth so that it could heal up as rapidly as possible.
1: And you painted over them with the clear stuff. We
0: did. That's true. Okay, good morning, Conversations.
1: Uh, Good morning. Um, I have this problem. I have these huge mushrooms, and they smell really bad. They smell like urine. Sounds horrible. <laughs>
0: I'd, get horrible. <laughs> sounds mean,
1: horrible. <laughs> I'd get rid of them. horrible. It sounds horrible. I'd get rid of them. Well, the thing is, what I've been using is, I know it sounds crazy, but baking soda doesn't get rid of them, but, you know, at least helps a little bit. You know, I throw the mushroom in the garbage, of course, and then put baking soda, but I don't know why my, this one tree, why it has always these terrible smelling mushrooms around them. Is the tree thick or something?
0: We'll tell you what we know on the air, okay?
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay, so, I, and there's a huge amount
1: of mushrooms out there right now. Oh, my, my, of my, my. Of all kinds. Of all kinds, and they're everywhere, and, and they are huge, and you look although I've never experienced stinky ones. That would be horrible. Oh, sorry, uh, so, being so, sensitive to smell. Right, so oh mushrooms
0: my. are the fruit of an underground spreading mycelia package of the fungus
1: and does and, that mean that there are things rotting underground or just that that's in, the makeup of the of what's in the ground itself
0: both things are true both things are true lots of times things get buried in the yard when they're developing it and you as think? they rot <laughs> yes that's right they, I think so and as they rot those uh those funguses that are doing it have to fruit somehow and that's what the the some of those kinds of mushrooms are but lots of them are just the, the fruit of a you know in our world the mush the fungus net underground is so prolific it's one of the most dense in the world and all kinds of them are there
1: and that's from rotting leaves and things in the soil well, right it's, the part, it's part it's of part, how part that, of how that gets processed
0: but it's also because that that's that's how our forest needs to survive you know the the precariousness of the situation here and the shortness of the season and the depth of the soil and all that stuff means that that those funguses are really, really essential for the, the forest health and the and the wetland health and the the grassland health and all that stuff. But back to stinky mushrooms in the yard. I bet you could use uh, moss-controlled fertilizer and sprinkle it on it, or use the uh, the moss control that comes as a liquid and spray it on it and it would probably kill those things right away. At least kill the mushrooms. It wouldn't kill the underground fungus, but at least kill the mushrooms right away. And why they're coming up, it's either that, that there's a colony around it or there's something going on in the root of that tree that that is the But fruit and
1: depending of. on how old your your home's lot is, you know, here in Alaska people buried garbage for generations.
2: They, and didn't al- also they
1: didn't always have a dump or a way to get to the dump. You know what I mean? They'd, they were living more isolated and farther apart. They traveled by boat. They, you know I mean? When you look back 150 years, people living here uh, had a different way of managing pieces on their property. Yep. And digging big holes, if they had machinery especially, and burying it <laughs> was a really good way. And a lot of times they put it in the tide and let it go out at the high tide. You
0: yep. Know? Both things happen. All those mm-hmm. things happen. I remember being on my grandfather's ranch, and that was what they did. They just fired up the bulldozer and dug a hole. And when the hole got full, they pushed the dirt over and dug another hole.
1: Right. But... They had more biodegradable items then than we do now. So the plastics and things we have now make it really difficult to do, not that it doesn't Uh, still happen.
0: (laughs) Okay, so uh,
1: good luck. Let us know if you treat it with uh, moss out this year. See if they come back next year and call us back up.
0: Call us back up, right. And if uh, if you need some iron sulfate, which is the active ingredient in it, give me a call. I've got a little bit of it. Okay, so uh, it's also time to be pruning back stuff. You know? Really,
1: it's things grew so much, have grown so much. I mean, it's only the 8th of August. Of course, it feels like it's the 8th of November. We've had so much rain. <laughs> Not to sound bitter or anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Not to sound wet. <laughs> so wet. You know,
0: rain gear doesn't help much when does you're it?
1: mowing lawns and the water's sloshing up over the tops of your boots because there's so much in the grass. But you got to cut it,
0: you got to cut it, or else it's going to get uncuttable. Yep, now, that's one of the reasons why you cut on a four day cycle, isn't it?
1: Yeah, especially when it's wet like this. When cut it gets it short hot and dry, and keep like, it short. when it was hot and dry last year, the grass didn't grow, and I'd, you know, I'd go every two weeks. So you have to adapt to the environment and whatever's going on to keep things manageable because two hours of mowing the lawn can t- easily turn into six or eight hours mowing the lawn once you let it get tall. Yeah. And then you have to Especially stop if it's every, wet. every 20 feet
0: and <laughs> clean your lawn mower out.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to do that today. We didn't clean them out yesterday. Plenty's loaded up. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Um,
0: and now let's talk about... about pruning,
1: uh, pruning things. Right pruning things back you know bleeding hearts are ready to be cut back and cut them all the way down to the ground and fertilize them if the weather stays right in the from 48 to 60 degree fluctuation with this rain they'll probably grow leaves again i don't know if they'll flower again but they'll look prettier than they do being yellow and kind of laying down on the ground
0: you know they'll grow leaves again right away it's true and if it if it warms and dries a bit they'll probably come back into bloom they do most years not to say that they're going to every year. And the same thing is true with Delphinium, which in many cases is just beaten right now. <laughs> just beaten. And I saw a couple of them last week that it's looked like, like.
1: somebody had been boxing with them. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking.
0: Somebody came out here in the middle of the night and beat them with a stick. <laughs> the stems were broken. The flowers were, were ripped well, off.
1: You know, and really, I know that gardeners don't like to pick their flowers, but with weather like this, picking your flowers, bringing them aside and let them be a bouquet and enjoy them that way, cut them back feed them and see if they do come on. I mean, we have no idea what fall's going to be like. I personally think winter's coming early since I don't feel like it ever really went away. And uh, and yet, I could be wrong. And, and it could be I, mean. I, I could be working until uh, Thanksgiving, easily. I think the other, I
0: think it's going to be a beautiful, warm, calm fall.
1: I know, but you work in an office. I'm out there in the real world, Dave. <laughs> oh, well,
0: all, the, all things are true. Okay, so uh, we have... Uh, hydrangeas available at the nursery.
1: Boy, I'll tell you, those hydrangeas, they really... You know, and I've I've experimented, we've experimented with three different types, well, four different types, really. We started with the summer, endless summer. Endless
0: summer. That didn't turn out so well.
1: Well, some places I've seen it growing on a south wall where it gets direct sun and the heat brings the flowers out. Out in the garden they would grow but they wouldn't flower again.
0: I saw one in bloom yesterday you're right.
1: Right so in that that exposure um, and I really love the limelight hydrangea and I'm real interested to see how it puts up with all this rain but the quick fire so far that has and this sweet summer um, are ones that the flowers a little bit more apart and they certainly take the wet and don't turn brown, which is astounding considering how much rain we've had.
0: And not only that, the rain can blow through those lighter weight flowers. Now, we have a couple of, of new ones that we're trying this year that are dwarf forms that are going to, they say they're going to be two and a half to three feet tall. And if those turn out to be as prolific flowering as the larger ones, that's going to be
1: great. Right. and uh, And we had the city lights last year, which were really, really pretty. And I'd like to try to get those again, because those were really bright colored, blue and pink. And red. And Uh dwarfish. Oh,
0: that reminds me. So anybody that bought those from us last year and is having success with them, or is having failure with them, let us know. Send us a photo. Let us see how well they're doing in your yard, because a lot of that stuff, the only way we can tell how well it's gonna do here is you know, have somebody else plant it out too.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is, that you buy plants according to their category and uh, toughness for zones, but just because things can take it cold, this is a lot of wet. And so I'd like to know how those are holding up, and oh, and we're going to have 50 mile an hour winds tonight, so we'll have another <laughs> test with that. a little bit of rain coming. So uh, if it hasn't rained enough already, uh, yeah, get, that get 50 ready. mile an
0: hour winds could really whip those big flowers around, couldn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm real interested to see how that works. So far, you know, they definitely get high score from me as an applicator for the bad weather and endurance. From midsummer to late fall.
0: And that glow-in-the-dark pale green color. I just love it. Me too. And, and against the dark navy blue house that you painted, that's really pretty. Thank you, Dave. Really, really pretty. Now, the fall color is starting to show up. You notice that? It's in the Japanese maples. It's in the vine maples. And I saw in the, the very first of the, the burning The glow girls leaves. and the oh, tours. That's yes, right. All those spireas and the azaleas are starting to show color.
1: Yeah, we have to get more azaleas next year.
0: Okay, maybe we can even get some this fall. Maybe so. Because I like to have them come in the fall. So and they're then in nice the in the spring. That's right. They don't have to travel with their leaves in the spring. Right. So I got a, a uh, email message this week from someone saying that they had a dogwood shrub they didn't want anymore. And she sent me a picture of it. And it's a variegated Siberian dogwood shrub. It's probably 10 feet tall and 10 feet across. She doesn't want it. She wants somebody to come and dig it up. She doesn't want to just take it to the dump. And if you're interested <laughs> digging in digging it, it up. Now there's the concept. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in it, you have the energy to do it, uh, give me a call, give me an email, let me make contact. I'll put you in touch with her.
1: Well it's gonna it's, weigh it's gonna weigh a ton. You don't and have you'd to, cut you'd cut off the tops. You'd cut most of the top off and you and as you
0: dug it up, you'd wash most of the dirt off it. That's what I'd do anyway. I'd t I would i would not try to have it be a ton. I would figure it's going to regrow. Because remember what we just did with all those great big roses? Yeah. Okay, and now they're all sprouting back. We moved some some, uh, huge rose bushes. And knowing that what we wanted to have was the root mass and the sprouting, we cut most of the tops off. And so these were Sitka rose-style roses, and they were 8 feet tall and 10 feet across. And we cut them back to stubs. And now those stubs are vigorously sprouting again.
1: Yeah, I have to make a bed for them next year because I'm going to plant them at the house. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Uh,
0: big eyes. like to have that stuff. And let's see. The uh, crab apples are beginning to turn ripe color.
1: Well, you know, there's a real disappointment with many of us about the fact that because it has been so wet the blueberries are taking a long time to ripen and not all of them are ripening now there's some you can go out and carefully pick the very first ripe ones but there's all those green berries still sitting on the shrubs loaded with berries but uh the bears bears are going to be really disappointed which means they're going to be really hungry
0: I think they are L- now.
1: Low fish, know. low berries.
0: Uh-huh. Randy's story.
1: Opening <laughs> up the back of his car while uh, he was Randy up.
0: was sitting, uh, talking on the phone. A bear came along and opened the back of his car and started to get in. <laughs> <And> <laughs> didn't realize that he had big dogs in the back of the car. And they chased him away. But, you know, lucky for Randy, he had his big dogs in the car. That's right. Anyway, so... Uh, Speaking of blueberries, I have these blueberries from Maine. You
1: have beautiful blueberries. Oh, you're talking about the the low-growing ones? The
0: low-growing, creeping blueberries. The ones I've been waiting for all summer finally arrived two weeks ago, and they're looking great right now. And This is a kind of blueberry that makes a ground cover here that spreads underground by stolen and grows and makes a thicket, an absolute thicket. A ground cover. About 15 inches tall. Uh Fruiting, flowering. Like heather.
1: Yes, in other climates, much grows. like heather, it looks like right.
0: that, and it looks like it really looks like an alpine zone kind of a plant. You know, it's, it's
1: prolific too, up and down the east coast. That's and, right, and Arctic and in Arctic uh, climates. That's
0: right, and it grows in Nova Scotia and Maine, Vermont, and uh, all the way over to Quebec. But it's here; it does wonderfully. And you remember the ones you planted between the rocks over there on Channel Vista? Mm-hmm. Those looked great. Then they turned brilliant red colors and they cascaded down between the rocks.
1: It's nice to put them in that so you don't have to get down on your hands and knees in order to pick them.
0: Well, there is that. <laughs> plant them at eye height.
1: Uh, plant them in your retaining wall so that you can be standing up and pick their berries because their berries are, like ours here, really delicious.
0: Really delicious, tiny. About a third the size of our blueberries.
1: But really strong and lovely.
0: Really, really flavorful. but the, as a plant, as an ornamental plant, it's just a kicker, a real kicker. And I also bought from the same guys, I got a new kind of raspberry. pretty new. also bred in Nova Scotia, and it's supposed to be the hardiest raspberry. What's it called? It's called Nova. And we got uh, we only got one flat of them, but it's uh, oh, they're little. they're little. And I just had Beth transplant them yesterday into gallon cans. Great. So they're going to, they're booming. So what the cane that's coming now, the the plant, the sprout now. Will
1: be the fl- the fruit for next year. fruit
0: next year. Right. So they're going to continue growing this year. They'll probably get, I don't know, three feet tall or so.
1: Okay. We'll have Trevor plant some out there next to, between the rhododendron and the larch tree, the weeping larch tree that we have. Okay. Against the fence line so that uh, we can have raspberries in that area because that's a nice sunny area.
0: It is. That would be and great. And they
1: weeded it, and it's all nice and ready to go.
0: Perfect. And uh, the spireas that are starting to turn color. Oh, back. let me backtrack for a minute. We were talking about pruning things. And the spireas that are blooming now are going to be ready to be sheared back after the flowers fall. The I flowers think it's fade. a really
1: good use. You know, if you shear them back and make them denser because they grow so fast in a the season. Uh, they don't take over the garden and they don't get crushed as much by snow weight when it stacks up in the wintertime because they're denser. And uh, they come into spring looking really pretty and they put on all new growth. So it's and not like they're gonna stay small, but it makes it have a nicer shape and presentation.
0: And if you shear them back now, you don't have to shear them back to your final stage. But right now, if you cut off the spent flowers on them, w- you won't look at them to see all those little dead twiggy brown, things. Brown flowers there. Yeah, they're all done. So well, that's my choice. You
1: know, the spireas I take care of are six feet across. Yeah. <laughs> Four and a half feet high. So they're going down. They're going way, way down. They're taking over sidewalks.
0: Yeah. So you planted at the uh, Treadwell Park last this last week.
1: Yeah, started on the office building. And you I'm waiting for the hydrangeas to come in so I can finish that planting. It's going to be very pretty.
0: You planted uh, Japanese yews and uh, white, white Sitka wh- roses. White rugoses. In the peat mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be real pretty. Mm-hmm. Real, real pretty there. And then you're going to put a ground cover underneath it, right? You're going to plant dogwoods?
1: Dogwoods and a few roseannes. Just uh-huh. a few here and there for color.
0: It should be real pretty. Real, real pretty. And And folks... Go out there and take a look at it. You'll see the kind of the how dense you have to plant stuff in order for it to plan to be a plant mass in just a couple of years.
1: Right. Well, you know, things here really do grow fast. Their first year, it's not so much because they're spending their time getting their roots established. But by their second year, they're doubling in size.
0: They are. And the the cool temperatures and the long day length Really combined to give them exactly what they want.
1: And all the water. I mean, as much as I complain about all the water, the plants are loving it. They are. They're growing like mad. Now, there are many kinds of funguses out there that are attacking plants, though, because of all the water. There's there the are. rust spots on the cornice. There's... Um,
0: and on the roses. Yep. And on the... On the rhododendrons. On the rhododendrons. Uh-huh. And then there is the the... Phytophthora and Pseudomonas on the lilacs. You know, people are coming every week saying, what is this? What's going on here? Good morning, Conversations.
2: Uh, yeah, I was wondering if uh, you would happen to know about a bug in my garden. It's uh, a little bitty one, like a just a, big lit, a bit bigger than a flea. It's red. It kind of looks like a, a mite. That I'm not sure it jumps.
0: Yeah, yeah. spider mites.
2: They are a mite. Oh, okay. well,
0: the little jumping, spidery, red things that jump around. It's a good choice. Spider mites are a good choice. And what's for it on?
2: Well, uh, luckily, I, I haven't gotten them on me. But, but uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's uh, there's there's some bushes planted in uh, my landlord's. Uh, little little garden and there's uh
1: they like evergreens a lot that's why i asked a lot of oh. times the small evergreens get spider mites on them
2: no these aren't evergreens they're just the uh, deciduous plants okay well well they're 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 plants that come back every. right year, right yeah would that be considered an evergreen
1: well no. evergreen meaning something that has needles so it's green year round Oh, yeah,
2: this isn't it. Okay. Well, good luck with them. And so
1: what can you do for them, Dave? Wash them off with a hose.
0: Wash them off with a hose or some soapy water? Spray them down, wash them off the plants. It takes them a long time to find their way back.
2: Uh, Do they bite people?
0: No. No,
1: they're into the plant world.
2: They sure make me itch when I see them. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Insects
1: do make you itch when you'll see them. Kind of give you the heebie-jeebies. That's for sure. Okay, yeah. thanks a lot. Good Thank luck. You. See you thanks later. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, I'm going to be at Landscape Alaska today. If you want to come and see me and see some of these things that we're talking about, we've got some really, really beautiful stuff right now. Not just the big shrubbery, but if you're looking for some flowers to go into your flower boxes, I've got some geraniums that are in bloom right now. And one of the prettiest plants that we ever have here is called Luisia, and they're just coming into bloom right now.
1: The oh, ones we brought back from the dead. That's right. That were in your office building.
0: That's right. And, and they're they, just
1: getting ready to really go to town. Oh, they are. They're, they're so they happy. tripled
0: in size. They're just They're really vigorous, happy. Right?
1: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep.
0: We planted a nice big lawn last week.
1: And, and it's coming up. Oh, and it's we covered coming. it with remade. That was so exciting. You guys out there, you know, if you have a slope and... And it's too small a lawn to really have hydro seeded. Because even with hydro seed, with the amount of rain we'd have on a slope would make rivulets in it. So we covered it with remade, which interrupted the power of the raindrop. So it didn't run on the surface of the slope. Or make erosion on it, right? Right. So it's all coming up. And I'll take it off this next week when it sort of starts to dry out. When Once it's not that, raining 100% every day. <laughs> That's right. Once those sunny days return. <laughs> well, it's not going to be sunny, but it's down to 40% rain. Uh-huh. And then shortly after that, you'll give it a liquid feeding. You know,
0: by the time all the grass seeds germinate, it's time to give it a shot of liquid food. We're
1: halfway there now. Uh-huh. I'm real excited about it.
0: So when you plant grass and you look on the label and you see the different kinds of grass varieties that are being planted, recognize that all those have different germination periods and that the first ones that germinate are are going to come up maybe a month before the last ones that germinate. So what you see in the beginning is just bare edges, and then it gets thicker and thicker and thicker. And so by the time the final component is coming up, it's a nice thick green carpet.
1: And even even if it's a little sparse in the springtime you just overseed it in the spring and and uh, the the key to a really dense lawn is feeding it and mowing it a lot right.
0: uh, i have one planted that we planted in uh, sweepings the gravel and sand that come up off of the winter area and we've spread it out in the in kind of a, a rough industrial zone and planted grass on it and it came up really really spotty and yellow and bare but then you know Two applications of turf builder fertilizer. Bingo. It's there. It's well it's it. hard to
1: mow it when it's in gravel, so you have to make sure it's nice and dense That's right. roots in order to mow it.
0: And it's well, you know, that gravel settles right down and makes a, a hard surface pretty pretty I, quickly. I know. But the roots are gonna bind it together. You now I was looking at Duan's lawn last week too. It's all sweep on sweepings and it's you know, it's like walking on absolute compact and hard surface. That's but great. beautifully green. Great. beautifully green and the hydrangeas growing the hydrangea vines growing up the spruce trees up out of the leaves looks so cool
1: well kathy and duan have a beautiful yard and they put a lot of time into it and you time. can really tell uh-huh. that uh they're having a good time out there
0: so uh pruning things fertilizing things it is time for a good fertilizing for your big garden right now
1: yeah, and one of the things I want to say is if your plants do have diseased leaves from the weather this year, pick them up out of off the surface of the ground and th- ideally just throw them away in the garbage. Don't even think about composting them right? because you don't want to encourage more rot in a way than the buggy, I mean, diseased rot. Okay, so and the same careful. thing is
2: true
0: for the ones that have the insect cocoons on them. Right. You know, if the leaves of your lilacs are starting to roll up and have brown spots in them, that means that there is a bug inside there. And you want to get those leaves and send them off to the dump or burn them up. You don't want that stuff laying around. The same thing's true with your raspberries, you know. The raspberry litter, the the red spots on the leaves in the raspberry is a rust fungus. It's going to overwinter there on the grounds. So you want to make sure to get all that stuff cleaned up. Sanitation is really, really primary to disease control.
1: Especially in a wet cold climate like the one we live in
0: great okay so uh the lilies are about to bloom lilies everywhere are about to bloom they just look so eager and prolific
1: the ones that have survived the the rain some of them haven't done so well some the ones that came up from last winter have done better than the new ones that we planted this year those had to get cut back and they'll have to come next spring and they'll be fine but a disappointment again it was that uh that fungus on the leaves botrytis make, botrytis it makes it look
0: like it was burned mm-hmm. yep but the you know that's a lot of them got it and most of them didn't but they're all gonna they're gonna flower well, too well the
1: ones out in the gardens the ones that are out there in the rain newly planted this year got it oh
0: yeah okay so uh the and also you know those geraniums that we planted this springtime the Patricia geraniums, mm-hmm. they're just starting to flower now, and what a hot pink color that is. With a black eye. Hot pink with a black eye. Man, and they are prolific.
1: We had those years ago.
0: Years and years ago, uh-huh. that's right.
1: I'm looking forward to having that crop in the springtime.
0: And I see them in people's gardens still, from the ones that we planted 25 years ago, and they're just, you know, so big and vigorous and strong. There's something so attractive about the shape of the wild geranium. The leaves look so healthy and huge. Well, it's not really a
1: wild geranium. You know, it's it's a hybrid. Wild someplace. It's a (coughs) hybrid of the wild geranium and manipulated genetically so that it behaves in a garden. (laughs) But it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're going to be winding it up here. Conversation with Alaskan gardeners. We'll talk to you again next week. Come see me at Landscape Alaska. Bring your umbrella. Give us a call or visit us at landscapealaska.com. Remember... Happy gardening!